Blog Talk Radio. afternoon, evening, or possibly morning, depending on where you are. My name is Naja E. Brown, and I am your host for today. Yield to the King Ministry thanks you for joining our podcast, Homeschooling as a Family Ministry. Our featured guest today is Vita Oliphant Sneed, and she'll be talking about her 19-year homeschooling journey with six children. So at this time, I'd like to say, welcome, Vita. Thank Vita, you, Naja. You okay. I am there. Well, can you welcome. hear me? Yes, I can hear you very Thanks. clearly. Welcome to the podcast, Homeschooling as a Family Ministry. Thank so, you. I'm Vita, glad to be here. Very good. I thought this topic was appropriate for families to consider as a ministry option, and since many children have or will be returning to school after their summer break. Mm -hmm. I know that some parents struggle with today's educational system and, in their opinions, feel that the system has failed many, many children. So I went online and I gathered some facts, and I kind of interviewed a few people, and so I have a couple of facts that I'd like to present, and I know that the trends are varying and the reasons for homeschooling differ. Mm-hmm. One fact I thought was very interesting is homeschooling, of course, is a parent-led home-based education, and it's an age-old tradition, and it's of age-old educational practice. Mm-hmm. Decades ago, it appeared to be what we would call cutting edge and an alternative, but now it's bordering on mainstream in the United States. I thought that was really interesting. Very Mm-hmm. It may even be considered the fastest-growing form of education in the U.S. And then it's been growing around the world also, and there are several countries listed here. I'm just going to name a few, Australia, France, Canada, Japan, Kenya, South Korea, Thailand, and the U.K. I think this might be of interest to you, Vita. I know that when you homeschooled several decades ago, it wasn't as uh popular in the African-American community, and since you are African-American, I know that that was something that probably made you feel a little bit like the Lone Ranger, but today homeschooling is quickly growing in popularity among people of color, and about 15% of homeschool families are non-white and or non-Hispanic. I thought that was interesting. Wow. So the reasons differ, and I just have a few reasons that I want to mention uh, that I think will tie very closely into the podcast for today, and that is that because homeschooling is a parent-led home-based education, it allows the homeschooling parents to customize and individualize the curriculum and learning environment for their children. It also provides an environment where the children can accomplish more academically than possibly in the schools, in the mainstream schools. And then on a ministry focus, uh, it allows the parents to enhance family relationships between children and parents and also among siblings. 
And then uh, last but not least, it allows the parents to teach and impart a particular set of values, beliefs, and worldview to their children. So with that being said, let's hear from you, Vita, and learn a little bit more about your 19-year journey with six children. So if you could start out just kind of sharing with us, but we would love to hear about what is the, we'd like to hear about the what, the why, and the how behind Mm -hmm. homeschool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What led you to make the decision to homeschool? That is the question of the hour. Truly, um, the short answer would be the persistent prompting of the Holy Spirit. And this was over a five-year period. Um, And at the end of that period, I did exactly as your ministry uh, is titled. I yielded to the king. Uh, I wrestled with with the option of homeschooling in light of the scripture that we find in Deuteronomy that incur- De- Deuteronomy six uh, six that encourages us as parents to impress upon our children the laws and commandments of the Lord to talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the way along the road when you lie down and when you get up and so that scripture is foundational in what I chose to do in homeschooling. And it's, that scripture also causes me to recognize that all of us homeschool. It's just a matter of degree. So for me, it was a matter of moving into seeing homeschooling as our family ministry. I think the long answer of that question would include things like our older girls already being in the public school system and recognizing the amount of time we had to reprogram them when they came into the home so that they might have a God view of the world. It would include things like my older daughter getting ready to go into middle school and me not being a strong supporter of the middle school concept and recognizing that she just was not ready for that level of exposure. And then another part of the long answer would be my first boy being born and having a knowledge as a as a teacher of what happens often to African-American boys in the school system. And then lastly, of course, it's it's about finances. When you have multiple children, this is a society that's not really geared toward families financially. So the cost that it would have um, had for me to have children in, in child care and so on and so forth uh, balanced against what I was earning as a, a, a new teacher in the public school system didn't really pan out. But ultimately, as I said when I started, it was the compulsion, and I do want to emphasize that compulsion to put my hand to the plow uh, for homeschooling. That, because it was that conviction and that compulsion that came from the Holy Spirit that kept me when uh, challenging times came. And uh, indeed, they did come in, in 19 years. And the other thing I just want to say in answer to that question, when I answered the call to homeschool, one of the things that we said, my husband and I, was, you know, we're going to give it a year, and then evaluate, give it a year, and then evaluate. So it didn't feel as if we were signing up for this, you know, overwhelming responsibility. We just took it one step at a time. Very good. I like the fact that you did bring in Scripture, uh, and so I would say that obviously the Bible is the final authority in your life, and when you were able to uh, receive that, that passage and apply it, uh, you were doing it because this is something that you knew that you were called to do. And, yes. and that's yes. interesting. Now, I you mentioned uh, ha- that you are a teacher, and you wrote in your Bible, uh, excuse me, your bio, 
that you graduated with a, a BA in English from Southern yes. California, University of Southern California. And then you also received an elementary education teaching certificate. Did the degree program and the training that you received, did that help at all? Or and what would you say to a, a, a mom and a dad or a single parent who wants to homeschool but doesn't have the, the, uh, the credentialing? I would say it definitely helped to give me the confidence to say that I could do it, yes. At the same time, there were some aspects that were hindrances because it probably caused me to think about education in some very traditional routes. And in homeschooling, I found that some of that wasn't useful because I really had to think outside the box as I approached the schooling of my of my children. The thing about Washington State, and that may be something that you plan to move into, is Washington State is a very homeschool-friendly um, state. And in saying that, one of the things that they um, that the state requires of, of parents who want to homeschool is that they either have forty five uh, at least forty five credit uh, quarter credit hours of college education, or okay. uh, the or they can also take a homeschool qualifying course, and then lastly they also allow for a homeschooler to be a homeschool family to be under the um, governance, if you will, of a certificated teacher. So there are options for parents who may not feel like, oh, I'm not a teacher, so I'm obviously not equipped for this. Um, there are options that Washington State um, provides that allows parents to qualify for that role in their children's lives. How lonely did it feel being African-American and it not being as popular in the African-American community when you started Homeschooling. How lonely did it feel? And were there any associations or other people that you partnered with or uh, met with to kind of build that encouragement and that confidence? Absolutely. Um, homeschooling in the early '90s, which is when I entered into it for African American families, was very. There were very few and far between African American families, and we live in the center of the city. We are in an urban environment and by choice uh, live in an urban environment. Often we found that other African-American uh, homeschooling families lived in some of the outlying areas. So just in terms of interfacing them with them was um, uh, had to be a planned for type event. Uh, we did find them, however, through um, different uh, conferences that we would go to and attend that were um, supported by the Washington Homeschool Organization uh, in here in, in the state, um, but in, in short, yes, it was often a lonely experience for me as their primary teacher because uh -huh. there weren't always my friends and people around me weren't always uh, in the same on the same path that I was on. So our, our 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 my sense of being supported by them was there, but at the same time, it was to an extent. Fortunately, I had a, a, one of my very best friends in the world um, who lived in the Kent area, which is a little further out from where we are, who was also homeschooling her children. And uh, she was my anchor and my rock. The two of us would um, share curriculum ideas. We would get together and do things with the children um, in group-type activities. We traveled together places with the children, field trips, that kind of thing. So that was... Uh, one of the 
things that kept me uh, from feeling as isolated as it could have been in that, like I said, in the early 90s, homeschooling uh-huh. in central Seattle. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what did a typical day look like? Now, I don't know if you want to divide it up and say when I first started out I was homeschooling two and then there was a third one, or if you want to just talk in generalities about all six of your children. But what did a typical day look like? I know that you did lesson planning. You had to, you know, develop your curricula and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. But what what did a typical day look like, and what were some of these subject matters that you presented to your students, your children, and what, what did that entail, and how did that ministry focus work in? That's that's really a good question. Um, because it was a ministry focus, we began every every day uh, studying the Bible together as a family. Um, my husband was very instrumental in um, supporting me in homeschooling, and that was the area that he um, had charge over every morning. We had family worship before he left to go to go to work, um, and that's how we started our day. Um, from there, in terms of content of their day, I'll speak in generalities for all six. Um, I would indeed write out um, lesson plans for each of the children for the week. Um, So I would have that guide of what it was they were going to do. The older children were able to work independently for uh, a large portion of the day. We would come back together for some um, content areas that I could do with all of them at the same time. And um, we would incorporate uh, physical activity during the course of that day. We would also incorporate um, meal planning and execution because that's something that they needed to know how to do. So the children were involved in planning their morning meal and their afternoon meal, and they were teamed up with one another to carry that out. We would go shopping for whatever it is that was on their menu. So that was also a part of the day. So typically we would move from Bible study into the you know, core subject matters, math, language, reading. Like I said, we would include some PE in and around the home. In addition to that, they were involved in sports activities in the, in the broader community. Um, we would have some read-aloud time. I read to them every day. We uh, would read a book together. Um, and then uh, they would have content area. They would have science. As they got older, health, um, so we we covered the same content areas that most uh, public schools and private schools cover as well, just often in a little different, with a little different approach. Okay, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, Vita, and then we'll be right back. Okay. All right. Thank you. Welcome back, Vita. Yes. You there? I'm here. Okay, very good. So you mentioned um, that your curriculum and your your program for your children consisted very much uh, like what 
the kids would face when they went to a regular school. I've heard that homeschooling parents teach their children to garden and, and do what we would call um, um, home improvements. Did, did any of those sorts of things go on with your, your uh, educational program? Absolutely, absolutely. In many regards, I guess you could say the children were involved in all aspects of home uh, living, general living. The home was indeed the classroom in that regard. Um, my husband would have the boys. We have three girls and three boys. Um, my husband would have the boys involved in the different home improvement projects that he would undertake. He was he gardens. The girls and boys both would be involved in gardening. The children had their um, set chores. They had chore schedules and um, that they had to follow. So, yes, absolutely. We, we saw the classroom as their uh, home. They were one and the same. And so all as all aspects of living were opportunities for learning. And this is that was what kind of undergirds my statement earlier on, that we all homeschool. We all homeschool. It's just a matter of degree. God has called us to be teachers of our children. That is our first ministry. Um and and so it and so that is what we try to adopt as our manner of living. Mhm. Mhm. So what sorts of challenges did you face while homeschooling? You mentioned a few. Um you said mm-hmm. it could felt sometimes like a very lonely road. Uh, you were probably one of a few in the African-American community. But what other types of challenges did you face while homeschooling? And then what challenges did your children face? Did they ever Mm -hmm. express uh, concerns or um, disappointments or anything of that nature? Absolutely. I think one of the greatest challenges for me, was the overwhelming sense of responsibility for outcomes. Um, that, at at points in the journey, uh, was very burdensome. If my children couldn't read, it was my fault. This is the, the thinking that I would have, right? Um, if they were maladjusted in any kind of way, it was my fault. There was really no other place that I could point to and say, oh, they're this way because they've been in this system or they're this way because they've been in that system. That overwhelming sense of responsibility was both good at points because it caused me to um, approach what I was doing with all that I have. But at Uh other times it could be disabling because I could be plagued with guilt and played with uh, a sense of inadequacy. And so one of my prayers during that this portion of my life, I would go to bed at night and I would ask the Lord to cover my errors because I knew they were many. We make errors as parents. And it seemed to be more profound when um, you're interacting with your children all day, every day. Your errors were often very glaringly in your face. And so that was one of the challenges uh, and one of the growth opportunities for the Lord to cultivate in in me this understanding that he asked me to be obedient and that the results were his. And so finding comfort in my obedience in the times that I was attacked is the way I came to view it by Satan um, in an attempt to disable me. That was one of the, the, the challenges for me. I think a second challenge was the, 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 the constant comments of others, if you will. 
um, uh-huh. both whether they were um, questioning my judgment and my choices, uh, looking at me like I was doing the worst thing possible for my children and the questions, you know, how are they going to learn how to get along with their peers and don't you think you um, you can't shelter them from life all their lives and, you know, some of those kinds of um uh, conversations were often difficult for me. And then the flip side of that was the conversations from people who say, oh, yes, you know, you, I, I couldn't do that, you know, uh, you, did you, what you do, yeah, you know, I couldn't do that every day. It, and what that did to me is it made me feel like, like I'm so special, you know, and I'm so gifted and I'm so such and such that that's what I could do that. And I struggled with that because, it really wasn't about all that. What it was really about was trying to be obedient to the call that God had placed upon my life and and, and trying to live up to that calling. And it seemed uh-huh. to just reduce that, that portion of of uh, what it meant to me individually when people just said things like, oh, girl, you're so thus and such about this homeschooling thing. Uh, because it wasn't about me. It wasn't uh-huh. about me. Um, it was about God. I, I like in your bio how you indicated that for 19 years you quit every morning telling the Lord, I yes. can't do this. It's too hard for yes. me. And you said, but yet he responded, you're right. Mm-hmm. You can't. Let me do you it can't. through you. And then yes. you concluded that statement with, and he did. So and it wasn't about did. you. It was about him using you to accomplish what he wanted for your family, for your children. Absolutely. And you have to Absolutely. be in the, the right place at the right time with the right number of children to be able That's, to do this. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, right. that leads me, Naja, into your question about how did it impact the children's lives, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. there, there were challenges for them as well. There were time, there of, the, of my six, there were some who embraced it, there were some who absolutely hated it. There were some mm-hmm. who flip-flopped between both camps, right? But through it all, there were portions that I could say to them, I don't know why God has called us to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What I do know is that I'm trusting in his plan for our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's all I could say. I could still say at this point in my life, I'm still reflecting upon why God called us to that and what his purposes will. I think there will be a life, that will be a part of my lifetime, is understanding the dimensions of that. But that's one of the things I could give to the children when they felt, um, when it was hard for them. It was hard for them to look around and see very, very few other African-American children like themselves, particularly when they hit, you know, those mid-teens and their teenage. Uh-huh. My children struggled. The boys uh, perhaps few of my boys perhaps more so than than the girls and looking around and figuring out how do I how am I how do I fit in with other black men when uh-huh. my experience, my daily experience is so different right when my uh-huh. parents are trying to teach us to have a god view for every aspect of our, of our lives and the culture in which we move is so um different than that and so against that and how do how how come I have to swim upstream all the time uh-huh. Uh, those kind of challenges, I think, were presented to uh, to my children because of, you know, their homeschooling in, in a large respect, even though some of that is a part of what children face, period, as they grow into adulthood in our culture. So um, 
one of the things I want to say in that regard is that we were not interested in isolating our children. Uh, and because of that, yes, our, our home was our classroom, but we were very, very strategic in placing them in lots of activities outside the home so that they have an opportunity to interface with other adults and so they'd have an opportunity to interface with their peers. And whether that meant sports programs or arts programs or science camps or campfire or Boy Scouts, um, technology programs, did all of that. We did all of that um, to help shape them. So they had a social life. I know that's one of the comments that comes up a lot around homeschooling is what sort of social life do the children have? Well, you have a larger family, and you had multiple children, so that sort of helped. But um, I hear that you're saying you were strategic in how you made sure that they were out in the community, that they were still interacting with other students, and still being enriched and fed even outside of the home. So you had the majority of their time, but you also afforded them other opportunities to learn from others. Absolutely. And I think that's great. So now that your children are adults and you and your husband are able to look back and say, okay, we, we, we've, uh, we've journeyed this journey, and you probably did some journaling also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, what sort of benefits are you able to say that your children reaped, and how has those benefits manifested in their lives? You know, the thing that comes immediately to mind for me in terms of absolute benefits for, that I see in all six of them is they really know how to teach themselves something. They are not dependent learners. If they want to know something, they will go pursue it and find it out, do the research and learn. And I see that um, exemplified in every single one of their lives, whether it's um, one of my sons, oh, I want to learn about stocks and and trading stocks. Let me go find out how to do that, whether it's one of my daughters who um, says, you know, I want to learn about natu- natural hair care and natural natural facial products, and uh, let me go learn how to do that, and has since launched a business uh, of natural products like that. Um, just whether it's one who is one of my, my sons is, is a traveler, you know, he's all over the world. And let me go let me go find out about the world and what makes it tick and he, he writes he's a writer as well, so he writes as he's on these journeys uh, to places that I can only imagine. Uh so in every single one of their lives I say the greatest benefit and one that I had hoped for is that they would be independent lifetime learners. And oh. that that is absolutely the case for every Beautifully single one said. Do you yes. think any of your daughters, you said you have three daughters and three sons, do you think any of your daughters might follow your footsteps and uh, think about homeschooling their children? You know, it's interesting. As they're getting older, I have uh, uh, a few of my children who have children now. New understanding about the choices that we made on their behalf, you know, uh, Uh where they struggled before. Now they could say, I can see why you made those choices. And they can even say thank you uh, in areas for for making those choices for us. They recognize that it is a challenging journey. Um, At this point, they're still saying, Mom, are you going to homeschool ours? (laughs) As opposed to (laughs) moving forward and saying, I think I'll homeschool mine. <laughs> so I we'll own. see. We'll see what the future holds. 
Well, that's a that's a, a, a wonderful comment and a good segue into me asking you, uh, how has your homeschooling legacy continued? So do you have grandchildren that you are now homeschooling, like your daughters would, would ask of you to do? I do currently have the great pleasure of uh, providing care, and I, because I believe my home is a, is a classroom, continued learning opportunities for three children at this point, uh, babies that I have taken in usually around four or five months, and I usually keep them until they're about three. So right now I have two granddaughters and a great niece. I've been blessed to be able to do the same for some other family members and people that I love, uh, their children as well, even while I was homeschooling my own. So I do con- – I- I'm just a teacher at heart. It is it's just how I live and breathe, and I am so blessed to be able to continue doing that. I kind of like doing the early ages, too, because they're so foundational, just stimulating uh-huh. their mind. It's just so – and then also uh, having an opportunity to plant some seeds of self-discipline for them when they're really early on. So that's my greatest uh-huh. joy in how I spend my days now. And you did some some tutoring. We're, we're about coming mm-hmm. to a close here, but just real, one quick question. You did some tutoring also, did you not? Yes, I did, okay. and that was also a ministry effort for me. It was uh, seeing a need and fulfilling it, and, uh, and we'll probably continue to do that as the Lord prompts me. Mm-hmm. Well, Vita, I have certainly enjoyed uh, hearing about this 19-year journey and how your family uh, benefited from homeschooling as a ministry, how your children uh, may continue on in your legacy. And I'm going to say in closing, I hope and pray that you heard something today that was encouraging and inspiring and gives you more information if you are considering homeschooling your children. Thank you.